As a professional welder, Shayna Ford uses Forge FX to practice over and over, which helps her improve her skills. The more muscle memory that you have, the smoother your weld is. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. This week on the Chicago Bears Review. With arguably the most important offseason ahead of our beloved just days away, Larry D returns to look ahead to free agency and who our beloved should add to the blue and orange for 2016. Who should the Bears target and how likely are we to land them? All of this and so much more on the 2016 debut episode of the Chicago Bears Review. In just five days' time, the 2016 calendar year for the NFL begins, starting with free agency and shortly after that, the draft, and not much longer after that, the actual 2016 NFL season. What's going on, everybody? Larry D. back, our first official off-season episode of the Chicago Bears Review. I know that we've... uh, that we had one episode since the season ended, since our year in review show. Um, but it was the 85 Bears show, so I kind of tucked that into the into the end of the 2015 season, if you will. And uh, this will be our this will be episode one of year number ten of doing the Chicago Bears review. We debuted in 2007, the year after the Bears won the Super Bowl. So maybe I'm the jinx. Maybe I'm the problem because. We've only been to the playoffs once, and we sure as hell haven't been back to the Super Bowl since I started doing the Chicago Bears review, so maybe I'm the problem. But uh, the the main problem being that that I enjoy doing this uh, too much, so I'm not going to take a season off just to see if I'm right. So I'm just going to pretend to not be superstitious in that particular case. Anyway, we got lots to talk about um, going into this weekend. Um it's uh, it's Friday. Uh, free agency begins on the 9th, which is next Wednesday. So five days uh, from now, the new NFL's calendar year kicks off and free agency uh, begins. And, you know, the thing is, the Bears, the Bears, the NFL actually gives teams, I believe it's a, it's anywhere from a 48 to a 72 hour window, or maybe it's less than that now. I think it keeps changing. But to negotiate with impending free agency, so basically when when the clock strikes at uh, midnight or on whatever day, or or maybe it's in the afternoon now, I'm not sure. But uh, you know, when it becomes official, basically you can put ink to paper once the official league year begins, so as to uh, not let your guy uh, get away. So you know, it's coming up on on Wednesday, and uh, as I said in the intro, this is quite possibly the most important offseason the Bears have had Um, it certainly is for this um, regime let's say with with Ryan Pace John Fox they 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 you know they made a couple of moves here a couple of moves there uh, in free agency they 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 hit a home run for the most part with their with their first draft class I mean aside from Kevin White uh, having to miss the year with an injury uh, only uh, our sixth round pick um Teo Fabaluge uh, not playing uh, was more of a personnel decision than anything else. 
you know, with with Eddie Goldman, with Adrian Amos, Jeremy Langford, Honoris Grasso, all of them started, all of them saw, you know, significant time and all of them will be counted on in 2016. I mean, these are guys that are going to be uh, parts of our future uh, uh, going forward. An outstanding draft class for the Bears, uh, you know, last year. This offseason in free agency, it's it's going to be a very, very important one for Ryan Pace and especially the draft uh, coming up. And, and the last segment of the show uh, is what inspired this episode, actually. I was just going to kind of wait and do a show after uh, the free agent signing period. But instead, after I saw I saw a full seven-round mock draft, if you haven't seen it yet, I linked it uh, to the Chicago Bears review page uh, on Facebook. And um, it's especially interesting for us as Bear fans because the guy that wrote the column had Ryan Pace especially busy during the three-day uh, draft period. And some of the moves that he makes – in you know trades and stuff like that very very interesting and i'll get more in depth in it at towards the end of the uh of the show uh to give you my thoughts on, on everything but for the most part if that's what happens on draft weekend count me in i'm, I'm excited i am excited so of course that column was written before this free agent period began so we don't know who the Bears are going to pick up and and if the way that they, you know, if in the free agents that they sign, how that will uh, alter their draft plans at all. But I got to say, if it turns out the way that, uh, you know, this guy does, I'm going to be very excited. There's one, one pick in particular that I am very, very intrigued about, and I will talk about that uh, during that segment. But, um you know, so what do you say we go ahead and, and dive in? And basically, we're going to talk about free agency here uh, in the beginning. Got a few news and notes to get to before we get started with that. So what do you say we just go ahead and dive in some news and notes and who the Bears should target during the free agency period? Free agency literally just around the corner, and the corner being this weekend and, you know, free agency starting on Wednesday. Uh, very much looking forward to seeing what moves the Bears will make. And, um, you know, I think the Bears are third in the league with with over with actually with fifty nine point two million in cap space, nearly 60 million uh, in in, uh, in in cap space available uh, to them. Um, you know, I think you set aside about five to seven million for your um, rookie class, and then the rest is free agency and filling up the rest of the uh, the rest of the roster. And uh, but that still leaves, you know, what fifty two million, fifty three, depending on what the actual cap figure is. Um, that's a buttload of money. So I mean, I think only the uh, the the Jaguars and the Raiders have more cap space than the bears uh going into the uh, free agency period so um you know and obviously jacksonville is not the sexiest of free agency uh destinations unless you're looking to uh earn some money a la the uh the tight end that went out there from denver a couple of years ago who's who's named thomas uh who is uh 
who's uh, you know out there who who made forty who's going to make forty million dollars in Jacksonville, but he's probably going to win ten games uh, during that five year contract that he signed. So uh, we'll see how that goes for him uh, going forward. But um, you know, before we get to that, real quick, a uh, couple of things that have happened since we last spoke during our year in review episode. Um, well, most importantly, I think is the Bears decided not to um, offer, not even offer a contract. The Bears didn't have a conversation at all with uh, Matt Forte, so he is officially going to uh, move forward and and go elsewhere and be wearing different colors. Uh, in 2016 uh, the this is a move that we've all seen coming quite frankly pretty much the whole year um, even really before the season started I, I was pretty sure that Matt Forte's mouth was going to buy him a ticket out of town uh, the fact that basically he couldn't stop talking about leaving it to me it, it's kind of like if uh, if an athlete starts talking about retirement if they're quote-unquote thinking about retirement it's probably time uh, to retire because once you get that thought in your head your mind is not 100 percent on the task at hand you know what i'm saying and forte has done nothing but talk about leaving chicago for pretty much the last two seasons uh, uh and everything and uh, this year uh with the rise of jeremy Langford and the fact that for the most part we didn't really miss matt forte on those three games that he was injured uh, earlier this year Aside from a couple of drop balls here and there with Jeremy Langford, he runs the ball as well, if not better than Forte, and he can catch the ball uh, out of the out of the backfield, uh, you know, just as well as uh, Matt Forte. So, and he's also you know maybe one fifth of what it's going to cost to keep Jeremy Langford in a bear uniform, as opposed to what Matt Forte may or may not be asking for uh, in free agency. So it's a no-brainer across the board for the Bears. I know some fans out there are outraged that the Bears would would have the temerity to make a decision like this. How dare you let Matt Forte move on? It's not a hard decision, guys. It really hasn't been. The one that we've, number one, been talking about all of last season, into the offseason, into the 2015 season, and beyond and, you know, st- I mean, grumblings of this even became more prevalent when the Bears drafted Jeremy Lankford last year. And, you know, at the immediate impact was thinking that it was going to have more of an effect on Kadeem Carey than it would on Matt Forte as far as 2015 was concerned. But as the year drove, wrote, wrote, you know, went along, Kadeem Carey still on the roster, which I was surprised to hear about after training camp. I didn't think he would make it out of training camp, but he did. And now he's being viewed upon, according to comments by Pace and Fox at the Combine, Kadeem Carey and Jeremy Langford, that's going to be our one-two punch in the backfield in 2016. So so there you go. Um, I believe that we did talk about this on the show when, when we had Ron Rugg for the year in review uh, episode was Matt Forte's goodbye to the Bears organization the, the day that they cleaned out their lockers. I'm pretty sure we did talk about this. The day that the Bears cleaned out their lockers, Matt Forte in his locker left behind one thing and it was a shirt with the number 22 forte's jersey number that said workhorse across the top i think that was the desk that was the nail in the coffin as far as i'm concerned uh for matt forte um you know he's always kind of had this feeling less than appreciated thing about himself when it comes to the 
to the Bears. And and for a while, you know, it was warranted because if it wasn't for Matt Forte, we didn't have an offense for the first several years uh, of his career. We couldn't move the football if Matt Forte wasn't moving it for us. And God bless him. He was the workhorse. He managed to stay healthy. He's only missed, I think, nine games his entire eight-year career uh, with the Bears. And that actually might be a, a number bigger than the actual truth. But, you know, it's especially into with this ever since he was you know up for his new contract and how Jerry Angelo screwed that up uh, and everything Matt Forte has been a very you know I want to say bitter uh, guy as far maybe it's just the the image that he's portrayed through the press uh, and everything but for the most part he's he's really not been the most likable guy and I think maybe that also might be the problem uh, as well is, is the, the image that he's projecting. Um, when it comes to matters like that, he, he's always kind of had this, you know, I'm not being respected. Anytime that the Bears uh, signed a new running back, whether it was Chester Taylor or Michael Bush or, uh, you know, Marion Barber, to, to back Forte up, to spell him, to give him an opportunity, you know, to mix things up in the backfield, Forte always had something to say about it, like these guys were adversaries that were there to take his job. And that was never the case. You know, I don't think that was ever the intention of Jerry Angelo or Phil Emery, uh, you know, to to bring in somebody to replace Matt Forte. We were bringing somebody in so Matt Forte didn't carry the ball 400 times and catch 90 passes. So he wasn't any good to us at the end of the season. God forbid if we make the playoffs. And, you know, Forte kind of always had this adversarial position where anybody that was brought in to back him up you know, they came here and now they're gone, but I'm still here because, you know, kind of thing. I just think it's it's probably good that Forte can f- go somewhere else and, you know, move on with his uh, career and the time that he does uh, have left. So, you know, it's another one of those things where, you know, I kind of have the Lovey Smith approach to it. You guys have heard me say this before. You know, you hate to see him go, but you know that it's time. It's just time. This is time for him to move on. This regime trying to get younger and and so on. This is uh, this is the right time for this to happen. While uh, Forte still got some tread left on the tires, let him go somewhere else and and uh, you know see what he can do uh, going forward. Uh, other people that are no longer going to be on the Chicago Bear roster. Uh, one in particular, uh, Jermon Bushrod. He has been let go uh, by the Bears, and not really that big a surprise. Uh, when you think about it, especially after Bushrod came back uh, from the sh- from the concussion s- and slash uh, shoulder injury that he suffered earlier in the year, uh, Charles Leno was uh, put in that left tackle position, and even after Bushrod was was cleared and healthy and ready to go, he did not play another down for the Bears on offense. He came in on like goal line situations, and I think he was on the the extra point team or something like that. Otherwise, you know, when they brought they brought him in to be that sixth tackle, you know, when they wanted to do like an overload or you know, especially in the goal line uh, situation, he made quite a bid quite a bid salary to do that. But for the most part, when when Bushrod was healthy and ready to go. The Bears stuck with Leno, and I think that the writing's been on the wall ever since. So he is no longer with the uh, Chicago Bears. He will be a free agent, and uh, hopefully he, for him, he can move on and uh, find a new home uh, in the league. And another move, not exactly thrilled with this one, especially considering 
what um, you know the the headline that I read today: the Bears looking to make a trade uh, with Martellus Bennett, you know, or gave the agent permission to seek trade partners uh, for the Bears. Uh, I guess maybe it's due to salary demands, but the Bears are letting Zach Miller test free agency. So the only reason that Martellus Bennett would be expendable would be because we want to bring back Zach Miller. And now we might be trading away Martellus Bennett and quite possibly let Zach Miller test free agency could outprice him, could price him out of returning uh, to Chicago. So it's uh, that's tough. That's uh, interesting. That's uh, not exactly thrilled to hear that Bears couldn't find something to do uh, with Zach Miller. Don't want to don't want to see him go, you know, but uh, it's possible. Uh, the Bears did tender an offer to free agent Josh Bellamy, so he's most likely to come back uh, for 2016. And then, of course, the most important thing or the biggest thing the Bears have done in the last couple of weeks is they officially franchised Alshon Jeffrey. Um at the end of last week, because the uh, I think you bears the basically you had until like today or something like that to put a free agent or to put the franchise tag on someone or they became free agents. Um, there was talk of the Bears and Jeffrey working on a long term deal during the combine. I'm guessing that we weren't able to dot all the I's and cross the T's because then all of a sudden. Alshon has been officially tagged so at the very least at the very least we got Alshon for 2016 for a price tag of I think 14.6 million for uh for the season so and I know that sounds like a buttload of money and it is obviously but when the salary cap is over 155 million dollars it's not as big <laughs> as it you know as it would have been say 4 years ago when it was only 120 so big difference there when when a wide receiver is 10% of your salary cap that's a problem but uh thankfully because the salary cap has gone up over 30 million dollars over the last couple of seasons you know it's not a bite you want to have to take but it's one that you can absorb when you've got when you still got 140 plus million dollars to work with outside of that player so so, yeah, those are the uh, the news and notes that we're talking about. With Alshon, we're going to have a very interesting thing to talk about him when I go through that seven-round mock draft here in, uh, in a few moments. Um, it is interesting. And like I said, moves like that and the other things that the writer did uh, in that mock draft is why I'm actually doing this episode. And so we'll cover these uh, free agent things uh, as well before we get into that. But, um, you know, so, like I said a moment ago, free agency, big deal for the Bears this year. They have the cap space, and God knows they have the, they have the holes, especially on the defensive side, that they need to fill it up. I don't think that talent was really a problem for the offense last year. It was more so the fact that we basically just couldn't keep anybody on the field uh, in 20, 2015. I mean, from the offensive line to our wide – I mean, for our, the last, our wide receiving core for the last game of the season – was uh, was Josh Bellamy? It was Cameron Meredith and Mark Mariani. That was one, two, and three for our wide receivers against the Lions in Week 17. That's that wasn't Plan A through F for the Bears. I mean, you just had to know that. Not to mention the fact that Martellus Bennett wasn't on the field either, so we didn't have our top three or four wide receivers and our second string tight end. Those were our top four pass catchers in the last game uh, of the season, and that was pretty much the tale for the Bears throughout the year we all know Alshon only played in nine games out of 17 
uh, 16, 17 games uh, last year. Eddie Royal was in and out of the lineup. Marquise Wilson was in and out of the lineup. Uh, same thing from Martellus Bennett. Our offensive line was banged up. Jay Cutler missed a game and a half, and what a disastrous what a disastrous game and a half that turned out to be. The second half of the Arizona game and the Seattle game, our first shutout loss since 2002. But, um, you know, just, just a mess on the offensive side. I mean, even Matt Forte, who was the pillar of good health as far as, uh, you know, being in and out, you know, kind of on the same plane with Walter Payton, who missed one game his entire career. Matt Forte, you could count how many games he's missed on one hand and still have fingers left missed a handful of games uh you know this year uh as well so i mean that's that's how things went for the bears on offense it wasn't a talent issue it was a health issue because going into the season all the question marks in the world about the defensive side of the ball but the offense was supposed to help us maintain because at least we got some horses on the offensive side and our number one pick in, in kevin white is just going to add to that well he was out and he didn't play it down all year and then like i said a moment ago about everything that went down on the offensive side of the ball it's still on defense where the bears need to focus and during his introductory press conference last year when ryan pace was hired as our general manager he did say that free agency is the tool to use so that you can pick the best player available in the draft so if we have holes on defense this is the time period in which he wants to go out and fill them so some of the targets and some of the big ones um that are rumored for the bears um i think number one has to be danny trevathan the inside linebacker uh, for the denver broncos i know we all wanted to fantasize about von miller but he was franchised uh, by the broncos so that's not going to happen especially after his performance in the super bowl and the way that that he basically dominated that game uh, against the Panthers uh, that day. It was a foregone conclusion. He wasn't going to be, he wasn't even going to hit uh, free agency. The Broncos were never going to let that happen. So, but Daniel Trevathan, he's an inside linebacker. The Bears definitely help, need help there. Uh, Christian Jones didn't quite, you know, adapt in his first year as a full time starter. Shea McClellan. Let's not even talk about what a disaster that guy was. I mean, we did see flashes from guys like John Timu and, and Jonathan Anderson and things like that. But, you know, for the most part, inside linebacker was a, was a problem uh, for the Bears, especially in the passing game. As the season went along, that middle of the field area became a huge problem uh, for the Bears once again. Um so Trevathan is one of those guys that's looked at. Another interesting option, uh, James Laurinaitis uh, from the L from the now Los Angeles Rams, um, was uh, released with uh, Chris Long, Kyle Long's older brother, uh, and uh, tight end Jared Cook, who. You know, he's in his late 20s, but maybe that's an option for the Bears at tight end if, if uh, you know, if, if things don't work out with Martellus Bennett or Zach Miller. Jared Cook was a very productive guy uh, for the Rams, basically the only productive wide receiver type player that the, uh, the Rams had because throwing the football was extremely difficult uh, for the Rams and has been for years. Since the greatest show on turf for them to be where they're at with their passing game is kind of sad. But... Um, you know, Laurenitis is another interesting uh, option at inside linebacker. Uh, another big one that, um, you know, I would prefer is Malik Jackson, another Denver Broncos uh, player. 
Um, I think maybe his price tag might be a problem, especially since um, Ryan Pace has said that he's not looking to make a free agent splash. So he's not looking to try to set any precedent or, you know, the new highest defensive lineman type thing. And I think that's kind of what in in the area of what Malik Jackson is is looking for. I think if he's reasonable with his salary demands, that's something that the Bears uh, can't accommodate. If we could get Trevathan and Jackson, that would just be instant upgrades in both positions there. Um, we definitely need help in the secondary and some interesting options for us. Janoris Jenkins, also of the Los Angeles Rams. Uh, the Rams had a choice between him and his uh, compadre on the other side at corner in which one of them would be the one that gets franchised. They chose to franchise the other guy whose name, I apologize, is escaping me at the moment. But Jenkins, on the other hand, is the one that's being allowed to hit free agency. This is a highly talented guy, actually probably should have been drafted higher than he was back in 2013, I believe, 2012, I believe was the draft he came out in. And this is a guy that had off-the-field problems, run-ins with the law and stuff like that, and has kept his nose clean since he's entered uh, the league and hopefully, you know, giving being given that chance by the Rams, still being – because he was – you know, all of it. His talent was the reason he was drafted in the second round. His off-the-field problems dictated he probably should have been taken in the third or the fourth round, maybe. Uh, you know, like his value was greater in the later rounds than it was in the earlier rounds because of what a you know what a black mark or a black eye or whatever he has been off the field, especially in the off-season leading up to the draft. But um, this is a guy who's been in the league for four years. He's been a solid player, a strong uh, corner uh, for the Rams, you know, a contributor to that very, very tough defense that the Rams have had, that, that youthful, tough team that they had on the defensive side uh, of the ball. And now he's being uh, let go. And like I said, hopefully those, those troubled days uh, are behind him and he appreciates the chance that he was given with the Rams and he's got his head screwed on uh, straight. Uh, other cornerback options, Sean Smith uh, from Kansas City. Another guy that was an either-or with the franchise tag for the Chiefs. It was either going to be uh, Sean Smith at corner or it was going to be Eric Berry, the free agent or the free safety, uh, who won comeback player of the year, battled cancer and came back in, in one season. It was an outstanding, amazing uh, story uh, what, uh, what Eric Berry was able to do. So he will not hit the free agency market. Sean Smith will be. He, and he also might be a cheaper option than Janoris Jenkins turns out to be. A uh, safety option for him, and one that I actually hope the Bears can get their hands on. Uh, Tayshawn Gibson uh, from the Cleveland Browns. I'm hoping that this is a mistake the Bears don't make twice because if you guys remember going into 2014, 2014 a season, I believe, I really wanted, I wanted T.J. Ward. I wanted the Bears to go after T.J. Ward. I did not want the Bears to draft another safety because Jerry Angelo, since he took over as GM in 2001, has literally drafted a safety in just about every draft that he took part in. One draft or another, he drafts a safety. Um, and none of them worked out. 
Some of them were one season wonders. A guy like Al Afalava, who you know we picked in the in the fourth round or the sixth round or something like that, ended up being a day one starter. Had a decent rookie season, then we never heard from him again. You know, a Trumaine McBride or you know something like that. Those guys that came in here today, gone tomorrow. Guys at the safety uh, position. I wanted the Bears to go after T.J. Ward. They didn't do it. They instead they went after guys like Ryan Mundy and. Uh, you know, Danny McRae and stuff like that, and those guys on one-year deals instead of signing, you know, T.J. Ward to a you know a five-year deal, and now he's he won a Super Bowl with with Denver, and he was a big reason why Denver was uh, a champion and the number one defense in the NFL uh, all season. Gibson didn't have as strong a, a, a contract season as T.J. Ward did, but he's very highly regarded, a very talented guy, and he had, you know, had uh, outstanding 2013 and 2014 season and had a, had a 50-50 year last year, but you know, is still looked upon as one of the top free agent targets at safety, and I hope that the Bears go out and get him and get rid of Antro Roll, who was, you know, Probably more of a, a help in the locker room than he definitely was uh, on the field. Of course, <laughs> a guy who's missed like one game in nine seasons comes to the Bears and misses just about every game uh, this past year. So uh, go figure. You know, go, you know, f- thinking that we got a guy who's going to be healthy into his 30s and, uh, you know, leave it to, to the Bears to sign the guy when all of a sudden his body starts to fall apart on him. But uh, Tayshawn Gibson. That's a guy that I that I think that the Bears should definitely uh, look at. Now, on the offensive side, there's an interior. There are two interior linemen. Uh, one is, um, you know, K- uh, K- I believe it's Kalichi uh, Osamele, the offensive guard for Baltimore, widely regarded as one of the best offensive linemen in the league, in the uh, interior offensive linemen, and definitely the best offensive lineman that's available in free agency. Uh, this year so that's probably going to make him expensive and you know I also kind of come from the school where you build your offensive line through the draft more so than than free agency Jermon Bushrad being a good example of why that didn't necessarily work out as well as it could have but um, you know it's uh, he's an interesting option one that is also interesting but far less likely for two reasons Alex Mack, the center from the Cleveland Browns, he had a, a deal with the Cleveland Browns where he was able to opt out of the last three years of his contract to hit free agency. Two reasons why Alex Mack is not an is probably not an option for the Bears. One is Hironis Grasu, and two is what Mack is going to ask for on the market versus what Horace Grasso is making. You know, Alex Mack is walking away from $24 million in the last three years of his contract. That averages out to about $8 million uh, a season for him, where Horace Grasso, as a third round draft choice, will probably make a quarter of a quarter of his deal. You know, I think maybe he's got about another, you know, two or three million in the last three or four years, th- last three years of a third year of a rookie contract for uh actually it's probably not even that much you know it, it may be you know maybe two million two point five million dollars over the last three years uh of the contract they make about seven to eight hundred thousand dollars a year um as opposed to alex mack making eight million per so those two reasons heronis grassu number one being the center of the future and number two alex mack salary demands will 
be a, a huge reason why that won't happen. And then finally on the offensive side, just because it looks like it's going to be uh, an area that we need to fill. We talked about Jared Cook, the tight end from the Rams. Also, uh, Dwayne Allen, a tight end from the Indianapolis Colts, was a second-round pick for them uh, in 2012. Battled some injuries early on, but was, was actually uh, one of Andrew Luck's favorite targets. Um, and also Ladarius Green, a tight end from the San Diego Chargers. Um, now, it's probably somebody the Chargers want to have back, but they have committed themselves to... Uh, Antonio Gates, despite the fact that he is getting older by the minute uh, out there in in San Diego. Uh, So maybe Ladarius Green wants to go somewhere and be the man instead of uh, still waiting for Antonio Gates to get out of his way. He can come to Chicago and be the guy right away. Another big guy, 6'6", 240 pounds. So he's not as heavy as uh, Martellus Bennett, who's in the 260 to 270 uh, area. But another big, long, rangy guy uh, that can help us out in the uh, red zone, an area where the Bears had a lot of problems last year. I was like a broken record about that. Finish the drives, finish the drives, finish the drives. So those are your free agent targets. The guys I think we have to have, Danny Trevathan, Malik Jackson, Janoris Jenkins, Tayshawn Gibson. That's a lot of money right there. But if you can add two or three of those guys out of the five or six that I just listed, we got some we got some pretty decent holes to fill, not to mention you really can focus, you know, as Ryan Pace likes to say, you use free agency as a tool so that you get the best player available in the draft. That would definitely allow us to be in a very good position, a very solid position to take the best player available when the draft rolls around uh, at the end of April. So those are the guys that I would like to see. Most The most likely person, I think, to sign with us is going to be Danny Trevathan because, as a matter of fact, he's already mentioned that he plans on talking to the Bears or it's like he expects to be talking to us. And he said that before the Super Bowl, uh, you know, with media day and all that kind of stuff, his impending free agency coming up and, and all the rest of that stuff. He did mention, you know, because of John Fox and his history with him and, you know, John Fox gave him his chance to be the player that he's become and so on and so forth. He expects that uh, based on our needs and, you know, his desires that uh, he'll at least have a conversation with the Bears. And, 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 you know, frankly, I hope it's the only conversation he gets to have because the Bears put a deal on the table and bring him to Chicago. And we finally got ourselves another fearsome inside linebacker. So. That's going to do it for the free agent targets. And now we're going to move on to this seven-round mock draft. A lot of interesting stuff going on here. And like I said, the inspiration for this episode, uh, basically this is why I'm doing the show, because of what what this guy wrote about, the moves that he makes, all very interesting. So what do you say we go ahead and look at that seven-round mock draft and, and sit and, you know, personally hope and pray that it's something that the Bears do come draft day. The website is NFL Mocks, M-O-C-K-S, NFLmocks.com, and the writer is Eric Lambert. He's the guy that put this uh, seven-round mock draft together. Like I said, I, I linked the uh, the column to the Facebook page, uh, so search Chicago Bears Review on Facebook, and it'll come right up. It's going to be the 
well, it'll be the second one that you see after this because the show announcement will be first, then the mock draft will be just below that. So uh, go ahead and, and check it out to see the full mock draft because the Bears weren't the only guys making trades uh, in this thing. It's just that because of the moves, I mean, I'm going to focus on the Bears. If we talk about the whole draft, we're going to be here all day, and I just want to talk about what he had the Bears doing and uh, what makes it so interesting. And, you know, we, we walk right into this thing, and before he even gets to picks being made, the Bears are making trades. So Ryan Pace is on the phones. He's making it happen uh, and so on. And before we even get to pick number one on draft day, the Bears make a trade with the Atlanta Falcons. Now, the Bears get Atlanta's first rounder in 2016, and which is number 17, and their first rounder in 2017. So that's two first round picks that the Bears are getting for Alshon Jeffrey. So the Falcons sign Alshon Jeffrey to a deal. They give the Bears the two first-round picks, and the Bears have two first-round picks in this year's draft and next year's. Talk about an outstanding move uh, for the Bears. It's going to be tough to see Alshon go, but he's not playing in our division. We don't play the NFC South this year, so we don't have to see him this season uh, unless we obviously make the playoffs and play each other or something like that. But Alshon Jeffrey gets his money. He goes on to Atlanta. It's a deal that somewhat makes makes some sense for the Falcons. They just let Roddy White go, and they need a compliment to Julio Jones, and Alshon Jeffrey would be a good complimentary receiver uh, for, uh, for Jones. And for Jeffrey, he's from South Carolina, so Atlanta, Georgia is a lot closer to home than Chicago is, a lot closer to where his people are and where he comes from uh, and so on. So in, in, a, in a whole, it makes sense, but it's still a high price to pay for a guy like Alshon uh, Jeffrey. But for the purpose of this mock draft, not going to complain. The Bears get two first-round picks in 2016 and 2017, so how exciting is that? Now, there were a few other trades this guy had made in the first round, uh, a lot of movement going up and down the board. Um, so the, the twists and turns of the first round allow one of the guys that I absolutely want the Bears to get in this draft, and that's Miles Jack, inside linebacker from UCLA, is still there at 11 when the Bears are picking in this guy's draft because there was some movement like the, the 49ers traded up in the first round to get uh, to take the number one pick and they draft a quarterback. So, uh, you know, that kind of throw things around and somebody else moved up into number two to take Jalen Ramsey, the cornerback, and, and so on and so forth. The dominoes fall in a certain way that, that, you know, people that weren't supposed to be there were there for teams and so on and so forth. So that Miles Jack, who in every mock draft that I've been reading over the last few weeks, where they're basically just picking, making straight up picks. Miles Jacks never makes it past the fourth pick of the draft, where the where the the, the Cowboys are picking. They're going to make him their middle in middle linebacker in 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 Dallas, and that's that's all there is to it. So for him to fall to eleven at the Bears, that would be amazing if the Bears could get that to have Miles Jack to stand him alongside Danny Trevathan. If that's what if that's how it falls in in free agency, our middle our inside linebacker problems are solved. It's done. We're we're fine. We're going forward enough to worry about a thing for like the next five years at least at the inside linebacker spot. Now, moving on, we get to pick number seventeen, and the Bears make another trade. 
This time, they trade with the New York Jets and trade down from 17 to 20. So the Bears get the 20th pick in the first round. They get a fourth rounder in this draft, in the, in the 2016 draft, and the the Jets throw in D. Milner, a former first-round pick for them, a cornerback who was probably, I think, entering the last year of his deal, of his rookie contract. So they get rid of a little dead weight, and the Bears get another corner, a young corner, to add to their roster. The Jets just move up to twenty-seven to number 17 uh, from 20. Now, the only thing that I didn't like about this was that it has the Jets taking Noah Spence, who is a, a, an outside linebacker from Mississippi State. Now, in the 3-4, an outside linebacker is a pass rusher, and the Bears could use another pass rusher uh, to complement uh, Pernell McPhee. Um, now, granted, Willie Young and, and um, Lamar Houston still under contract, did very well, especially as the season went along. The second half of the year, defensively, our MVP might might be Lamar Houston. But uh, nonetheless, if the Bears had a chance to take Noah Spence, I wouldn't want them to pass. And if if Ryan, Ryan Pace is truly a best player available guy, if Noah Spence is still there at 17, I got to believe that even though it gets him another pick and a corner, I think he would take Noah Spence rather than take the picks. That's just me. But uh, nonetheless, that's the deal that the guy made. The Bears drop from 17 down to 20. And at number 20, the Bears take Hunter Henry, the tight end from Arkansas, who is the number one tight end in this draft class in a very, very shallow field for tight ends this year. I don't even think there's another one taken in the next two rounds after that. But, um, you know, he's the only one worthy of a first-round grade at the tight end position. And I've, I've seen a handful of mock drafts where this guy goes in the middle of the second round, like the Bears could get him at 41 in the second round instead of taking him at uh, 20 uh, in the first. But, you know, at this point, we might not have Zach Miller anymore. Uh, you know, we do have Martellus Bennett under contract, but he's only got one year left, and we're angling for a trade here. So Hunter Henry in the is our second first-round pick at number 20. Now we move into the second round, and the Bears are up at 41. Arizona moves up with the Bears to 41. So the Bears trade the number 41 pick to Arizona, and we get 61, which is Arizona's pick at the bottom of the second round, and a third-round pick in this year's draft. So we got a second-round pick, and we got an extra third-rounder to drop 20 spots. And Arizona uh, takes Connor Cook, the quarterback, out of Michigan State. So if we're going best player available, <laughs> again, if Connor Cook is still there, you know, that sounds like something Ryan Pace would do. I know we only got one draft to go with, but – that just sounds like something Ryan Pace might do. Rather than get picks, he would take the quarterback. You know, Connor Cook is a guy that some people have going in the first round to be able to get him in the middle of the second. I don't know. But uh, the Bears drop down to 61 and take Kyler, K-Y-L-E-R, Fackrell, F-A-C-K-R-E-L-L. Who is that, by the way? Outside linebacker from Utah State who is described as a long, athletic edge man who can rush the passer or drop into coverage. So that's what you want in an outside linebacker. He's who the Bears take with their only pick in the second round. Now, we move into round three where the Bears are uh, picking at 68. Yes. I'm sorry. 
72. The Bears are picking at 72. However, we make a trade to move up into the third round, and the Bears get the 68th pick, so we move up four spots to 68, and we get an extra sixth-round pick at 189, and the 49ers, who are moving backwards, drop down to 72, and they get Martellus Bennett. So now all of a sudden, drafting Hunter Henry in the first round makes a lot more sense. Uh, maybe that was a deal the Bears knew they were going to make or they kind of had that in their back pocket or what have you. Nonetheless, we trade away Martellus Bennett. Maybe at this point we don't have Zach Miller anymore. So now we have Hunter Henry in the first round. He's going to be our tight end going forward. Martellus Bennett's a 49er, and the Bears get an extra six-round pick. Uh, with the pick at number 68, the Bears take defensive end Chris Jones out of Mississippi State. And at number 93, the Bears take their first uh, well, I guess, I guess there's their second, but uh, Connor McGovern, an offensive guard from Missouri. So Mizzou, uh, a Mizzou guard and a defensive end from Mississippi State are who the Bears add along, along with no more Alshon Jeffrey, no Martellus Bennett via trade uh, in the draft. So, you know, these are guys, uh, you know, Mart- you know, Alshon, he's a risk. I, I mean, he's not, I don't think he's a big risk, to be honest with you. He was... Healthy all of 2013, healthy all of 2014, and he was productive in all that time. Now, Ron Rugg, if he was sitting here, is actually an, uh, an argument we had the other day, saying that, well, he was, he was productive because he, he had to be throwing the ball because Brandon Marshall, which is true. He's absolutely true. He's 100% right about that. However, just because you're throwing him the ball doesn't mean he's going to be productive with it. Just because he's getting the attention because of the double coverage that Brandon Marshall is seeing doesn't mean that he's going to be able to answer the call. And Alshon Jeffrey did. That's the point. Was that while while Brandon Marshall was still on the team, they had to lean on Alshon Jeffrey at times because they were suffocating uh, Brandon Marshall, and he stepped up. He made it count. He set the Bears record in receiving yards in a single game twice in 2013 because of that. Okay, He answered the call once again and became the main guy for the last four games of the season in 2014 when, um, when Brandon Marshall got hurt in the Cowboy game on Thursday night. And when he was healthy, not you know when he was healthy, he was the best player on the field that the Bears had. So, you know, because based on if you want to just base it on 2015 alone, yeah, it's an in, it's a risk to give that guy a huge you know contract you know sixty million over five seasons or you know whatever the whatever the numbers are seventy million and whatnot. Um, you know, it's it's smarter to just let him work one year on the franchise tag, but then you know to get first round two first round picks out of it is you can't argue with that. If somebody's willing to make that trade, you got to take it. I just think that the likelihood of something like this happening. It makes sense with the Falcons. It does. They have solid reasons for doing it. I just don't think it's very likely. So going into round four, the Bears have two first-round picks or two fourth-round picks. Um, We take a wide receiver, Kenny Lawler, at 103, and an inside linebacker, Antonio Morrison, from the University of Florida. In round five, this is the move that I – once I saw this move, I'm doing a show. I am absolutely doing a show because I have to talk about this move. The Bears were picking at 138 in the fifth round. Move up in the fifth round to get to take the pick at 131. 
with the Raiders. They trade. The Raiders get the 138, and they get our sixth-round pick, 188, uh, in the sixth round. And who do the Bears take at 131? Jalen Smith, inside linebacker from Notre Dame. Now, if that same name sounds familiar, it should sound familiar to you for a few reasons. If you've been following the draft process at all, you've probably read more than once that the Bears are taking Jalen Smith in the first round because he is a top-notch inside linebacker from the University of Notre Dame. Tragedy befallen Jalen Smith in the uh, Fiesta Bowl against Ohio State. He blew up his knee, something horrible. Tore uh, his, 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 his ACL and LCL or MCL and ACL. He tore two ligaments in his knee. And, and the reason that he's still here in the fifth round is that a report came out last week during the combine saying, Jalen Smith might miss all of 2016 because he had this injury in the Fiesta Bowl in January of this year. Now, ACL injuries are anywhere from a six to nine month healing process, and six months is optimistic. Now add to the fact that it was two ligaments that were torn, he might miss all of 2016. And in the fifth round is a perfect place to make a move like this. If Jalen Smith is still available in the fifth round, this is the move that I would be screaming for the Bears to make. Because it's a fifth round pick, because it only costs you a sixth round pick to move up to get him, and at this point I think before the Bears made this trade, the Bears had four picks in the sixth round. Four picks in the sixth round to make. Um, I th- I'm actually thinking it's five. I'm, I'll, I'll back you I'll it was it was five actually, but they had five picks in the sixth round to make. If it's only going to cost you one of them, to hell of it'll cost you two of them. Who cares? You're going to move up. You're going to take Jalen Smith. Let him sit out the 2016 season because you've got Trevathan. You've got Miles Jack. Knock on wood, we've got Trevathan. But you let Jalen Smith take his time to heal. It only costs you a fifth round pick to do it. It, it very much reminds me of the risk that the 49ers took with uh, Marcus Lattimore. The running back from South Carolina had a devastating knee injury uh, in like October of 2012 going into that season or in that season um, would have been a top flight. Number one, he was it was going to be a Heisman candidate. Number two, he was definitely going to be a first round pick uh, in 2013. Instead, he suffers that devastating injury. As a matter of fact, you know, he never played it down. His knee never really recovered uh, from it. He sat out the 2013 uh, season and retired just before the beginning of the 2014 season, basically saying that while his knee is structurally sound and 100%, his knee still hurts. You know, like he just can't he can't play on it. So rather than and and this was like back to back knee injuries that he had. So rather than suffer another a third knee injury and and put his put himself and his family through all that again. He just walked away from the game. It makes you makes you sad to see things like that, but that's what happened with him, and that's kind of the risk the Bears would be taking. But like with the 49ers, they took him in the fourth round. The Bears would be taking Jalen Smith in the fifth round, and if Jalen Smith can fully recover, he sits out 2016, he comes back in 2017, we have a guy that before he got hurt, before he got hurt, was regarded as the best player in the entire draft. Not just the best linebacker or the best defensive player, but the best overall player in the draft. And the injury that's going to keep him out for 2016, you know, people immediately took him off their draft boards when that happened. 
And if the Bears can engineer a move like this and take Jalen Smith and basically get the top two linebackers in this draft class, forget about it. Forget about it. I mean, that's that would be like drafting Briggs and Erlacher in the same draft. That, that just would just be insane uh, for that to happen. And this is the move here. When I saw this, I was like, oh, I'm doing a show because I, I got to talk about this. Because if this is, this is something that's possible, the Bears absolutely have to do it. They have to do it. Now, I got a feeling that somebody will probably reach for Jalen Smith in like maybe in the second round or third round or something like that. I doubt very highly that somebody's going to let him sit around to, to the fifth round. If it does, you know, teams just be willing to get rid of, you know, picks or whatever players and whatever to take a chance on Jalen Smith if it's only going to cost you a fifth rounder. So that's where I fell in love with this column. You know, I was like, I liked all the moves the Bears were making, but this is where I absolutely was like, yep, absolutely. If the Bears could make that happen, you know, let's say we sign Danny Trevathan, we draft Miles Jack, we we make this trade to get Jalen Smith on board, we give him a year, maybe two if he needs it. God forbid. It was a pretty horrific injury that he suffered. But, uh, you know, if we can make that happen – something you got to do that mean a hell of a rotation hell of a rotation dan trevathan miles jack jalen smith coming off the bench to spell him and uh, that'd just be fantastic so on to the sixth round um we had four picks left in the sixth round 167 is the bears original pick and that was an outside linebacker aaron wallace out of ucla uh at 186 this would be the pick that we got from the patriots for john bostick as defensive end Ronald Blair from Appalachian State. Um, in the trade that we made with the with the Cardinals in the second round, the Bears had 187. We took cornerback Brandon Allen from Arkansas. Uh, interesting choice there to reunite Allen and Hunter uh, Henry in, uh, in, in the Bears. And then finally, the last pick, 189 in the sixth round, um, is what we got from San Francisco – and ironically, it is the pick that San Francisco got from Denver for Vernon Davis. So Vernon Davis, the pick that the Broncos got for Vernon Davis, or that the, the, the 49ers got for Vernon Davis, they trade to the Bears, and the Bears take a wide receiver out of Georgia named Malcolm Mitchell in the sixth round. And then finally in the seventh round at 198, the Bears take another tight end, Jake McGee, from the University of Florida. So 13 picks in all for the Bears when I was looking at it before the tally was seven defense and six on offense and you know all of the offensive players aside from Henry came later in the draft um you know with the the Hunter Henry the 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 second round pick or the second first round pick the tight end from Arkansas at number 20 the only reason I actually didn't like the the Hunter Henry pick uh initially was because the very next pick after that was Reggie Ragland, the inside linebacker from Alabama. And, of course, I didn't know about the Jalen Smith thing when I first read it, um, you know, and I also didn't know about the, the Martellus Bennett trade that was going to happen as well. So I was not happy to see that the Bears could take Miles Jack and Reggie Ragland in the first round together and not do it. But, um, you know, Reggie Ragland went to 21 in Washington this particular uh, draft and you know a lot of mock drafts have the Bears taking Ragland at 11 you know depending on who you talk to so 
Um, I think this is probably one of the more unpredictable drafts that I've seen in a long time because usually when you look at mock drafts, there's a consensus among the first five to ten picks or so. Like last year, Jameis Winston's going one, Mariota's two, Leonard Williams is going to three in, in, ja- in Jacksonville, uh, Amari Cooper or Kevin White are going at four, and so on, and, you know, that kind of way. It was it basically is when we got to the Bears is where people were like, oh, it's going to be Shane Ray. It'll be Amari Cooper. It'll be this guy. It'll be an offensive tackle. It'll be this guy. It'll be that. The Bears couldn't figure out what the Bears are going to do going into this. Now it's at the top, you know, because it depends on who you talk to. Maybe it'll be Joey Bosa from from uh, from Ohio State that goes to Tennessee. Maybe it'll be Laramie Tunstall, an offensive tackle from Ole Miss. He'll be, maybe they'll maybe they'll 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 take the corner and Jalen uh, Jalen Ramsey uh, from Florida State or Miles Jack will go at number one. You know something crazy. No one can agree on what Tennessee's going to do, and it affects how they pick the rest uh, of the of the mock draft. And and I, actually, as I told you before, Tennessee trades with San Francisco. And San Francisco takes a quarterback at number one, and Tennessee ends up taking a, an offensive tackle at number seven, uh, and you know how that all kinds of fold folds down. So, but I don't think anyone can agree on how this thing is all going to fold. You know how it's going to go, just by doing straight up draft picks. So it's going to be very interesting to see how it unfolds when it when it actually comes down and it's happening uh, for real. But if if Ryan Pace could put something like this together, number one, if he could pull it off. As much as I'd hate to see Alshon Jeffrey go, and it puts a lot of pressure on Kevin White, you know, number one, I hopefully we sign somebody who can replace Alshon Jeffrey if that's what's going to happen. Um, but uh, you know, if Alshon Jeffrey's got to go to get two first round picks for him, that's outstanding. To have two picks in the first round in 2016 and 2017 is 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 beautiful. Um, but um, you know, to make the trade and in in round two to drop back and get an extra third rounder and so on and so forth it definitely sounds like what ryan pace wants to do because he's more uh you know on the uh you know ted thompson uh build your team from within you know through the draft uh, kind of perspective so to make the moves to get the extra picks to build through the draft is much more the focus that you know i know ryan pace wants to take um the only thing is you know, like I said, some of these moves I don't agree with because, like, who the other team takes when they make the trade, if that guy's still there, if it's best player available like Ryan Pace swears that he's going to be, I don't see the Bears passing on Noah Spence at 17. I don't see the Bears passing on a guy like Connor Cook in the second round at 41 if he's still there. You know, things like that. I, if it's best player available, I – I don't see moves like this possibly happening because would the Bears pass on this guy and take a chance on maybe somebody else they want possibly being there 10 picks later kind of thing. That's that's the only thing where I kind of run into like, well, I don't think the Bears would pass on Noah Spence at 17. I don't think the Bears would pass on Reggie Ragland at 20, you know, if that's what they're truly looking to do and so on and so forth. So. Uh, but overall, I think that, you know, especially that Jalen Smith move, I fell in love with that right away. If that's what uh, – if Ryan Pace could orchestrate that, uh, we should build a guy a bronze statue and throw him a freaking parade if uh, that's what he can pull off. So even before we know how any of that works out, 
<laughs> Celebrate Ryan Pace because the guy's a genius. He turned nine picks into 13, and we got Miles Jack and Jalen Smith out of it. That's that's not bad at all. I, I, I dig that 100%. So anyway, um, when will we be back? Because now we're going to go ahead and wrap this thing up. That's a good question. Um, I think I'm going to give it a couple of weeks at least until the end of March. You know, late to, you know, mid to late March, we're going to wait to see what happens. Because even though free agency begins Wednesday and all of the sexy signings will take place Wednesday, some of the more interesting ones kind of filter themselves through uh, in the weeks to follow. So, say, you know, late March, early April, we'll be back to, to kind of really dig into the draft and, and what the Bears' draft focus will be based on who they sign uh, in free agency. Do we get Trevathan? Do we get Malik Jackson? Is Janoris Jenkins our, our counterpart with with uh, Kyle Fuller? Is Tracy Porter going to be back? And do we do we screw up and re-sign Shea McClellan? Because uh, Ryan Pace talked about how much we like Shea McClellan and that he's trending up. He said these things at the Combine where people could hear him. I couldn't believe it. But anyway, what are the Bears going to do? We'll talk about that at the end of the month as we kind of recap free agency and preview the draft for real based on what the Bears do in free agency what are we looking at in the draft and so on and so forth so until then folks my name is Larry D and this has been the Chicago Bears Review Welding instructor Alex DeClaire knows VR training platforms like ForgeFX help students master their skills. There's a big learning curve with welding. Virtual reality simulates that exact muscle memory that they need. Learn more at meta.com slash metaverse impact. As you write your life story, you're far from finished. Are you looking to close the book on your job? Maybe turn a page in your career. Be Continued at the Georgetown University School of Continuing Studies. Our professional master's degrees and certificates are designed to meet you where you are and take you where you want to go. At Georgetown SCS, the learning never stops, and neither do you. Write your next chapter. Be continued at scs.georgetown.edu slash podcast.